As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Good morning, welcome to the Daily Transfer Briefing from The Athletic. It's Thursday the 18th of January. I'm Michael Bailey and on today's show... Jordan Henderson set for Ajax switch. There were suggestions of Juventus, some teams in the Premier League. Forrest and Everton respond to those new FFP charges with wins. It's centred into the middle and Chris Wood taps it home. My goodness! And there's a huge match in AFCON tonight. The two very, very big teams where the expectations are enormous. You're listening to The Daily Transfer Briefing with Michael Bailey. Right, let's get you up to speed on last night's action, starting with those FA Cup third round replays. Nottingham Forest beat League One Blackpool 3-2 after extra time. It's centred into the middle and Chris Wood taps it home and he couldn't miss from there. Yes, that was Chris Wood's 110th minute winner, booking a trip to West Ham Conquerors Bristol City in the fourth round. Their city rivals couldn't join them though. Bristol Rovers lost 3-1 at home to championship side Norwich City, meaning the Canaries will fly to Anfield in the next round to take on Liverpool. And in the All-Premier League replay, Everton's first goal since December the 27th was enough to beat Crystal Palace at Goodison Park. Free kick taken by Gunners! Everton will host Luton in the next round. In Spain's equivalent, the Copa del Rey round of 16 saw safe passage for Real Sociedad, Girona and Celta Vigo. And in the Supercopa Femenina, which unlike the male competition is actually held in Spain, Barcelona's women thrashed Real Madrid 4-0. Barca will now meet Levante in the final at Leganes on Saturday. As for the internationals, the Asian Cup saw China and Lebanon share a goalless draw, while holders Qatar qualified for the knockout stages with a 1-0 win over Tajikistan. Meanwhile, in the Africa Cup of Nations, World Cup semi-finalists Morocco began their tournament with a 3-0 win over Tanzania. Zambia and the Democratic Republic of Congo drew 1-1, and we'll tee up today's fixtures in a bit. But first, let's deal with the news. Jordan Henderson has seemingly found a way out of Saudi Arabia. Al Ittifak have agreed that he can leave the Saudi Pro League and a permanent move to Dutch Giants Ajax awaits. David Ornstein broke the story and has the details on how Henderson has made this work. 
Well, it's fair to say the Jordan Henderson situation has turned into something of a saga, but finally it appears, hopefully, an end is in sight. There were rumblings from within the industry that Henderson wasn't happy at Al Etifak. His family were not settled. They were living in Bahrain as opposed to Saudi Arabia. They wanted to leave and possibly he would go with them too. The question is, how would the Saudi Pro League and Etifak react to that? And at one point, it seemed that maybe he was going to stay after all. A report emerged suggesting exactly that. And then last Sunday, he boarded a flight to Abu Dhabi and joined up with Etifak at their winter training camp and was to hold conversations with Steven Gerrard, the manager, and Mark Allen, the sporting director. However, the upshot of those conversations was that he would indeed be heading back and that his time at Etifak was coming to an end. And we revealed on The Athletic on Wednesday morning that an agreement had been reached for Jordan Henderson to leave our Etifak. They still needed to finalise the terms of the termination. And in parallel, Henderson was holding negotiations to determine his next step. And that step was likely to be Ajax. There were suggestions of Juventus, some teams in the Premier League, but Ajax were very public and clear and determined to get their man offering a permanent contract and quite an appealing setup that many players in the position of Henderson would surely be attracted by. Quite swiftly, an agreement in principle was reached between Henderson and Ajax, but they still needed to do the paperwork and details for that as well. I don't think Henderson wanted to sign off his termination with Etifak until he definitely knew he was signing with a new club. And as of Wednesday night, those conversations were going on with the direction of travel now seeming quite clear. If the discussions get wrapped up, he'll travel over to undergo a medical and put pen to paper. And then I think they might like to present him in front of the crowd at the game on Sunday as a star signing. And let's see how the next chapter of Jordan Henderson's remarkable career unfolds. So joining Ajax certainly sounds impressive, but it's been a pretty rank season for the club so far. They were thrashed by PSV Eindhoven and bottom of the Eredivisie in October. Nick Miller has been checking in on their progress for the Athletic and tells us what will be waiting for Henderson at Ajax. They're in slightly less of a mess than they were in kind of at the end of October. It is a team that is now full of extremely young players. I think I counted up of the twenty the twenty five players that have made a are still in the squad at the moment that have made a league appearance this summer and seventeen of them are twenty three or under. There's only really a, I think there's only one outfielder that's older than thirty. So it's not a massive surprise that they are in not in great shape. They've recovered a little bit. They have I think they're unbeaten in the last seven or eight games. Uh, they're back up to fifth in the league, but they did lose to a fourth-tier amateur club in the Dutch Cup in December. So it's not been entirely smooth sailing. All that said, this could be a reasonable move for Henderson, or at least uh, you know as good a move as he could possibly realistically have expected. Because bearing in mind all those young players, his role is going to be the kind of old, experienced head. Who knows whether it will turn out 
that way and it actually will be a success for him but barring managing to convince Liverpool to take him back this is possibly the best outcome that he could have hoped for out of all of this as for elsewhere, Brentford have signed Tottenham fullback Sergio Reguilon on loan for the rest of the season. He spent the first half of it on loan at Manchester United. And another Spurs defender is off to the Championship. That is Jaffet Tanganga, who was recalled from his Bundesliga loan at Augsburg this month. He will join Millwall on loan until the summer. And there's another one for David Ornstein here. After he broke the news, Chelsea would be willing to sell striker Armando Broya. You imagine there'd be a few takers too. Here's David again. In recent days, there have been reports that a number of clubs are taking a very close look at him. I looked into those reports and it became clear to me that Chelsea are willing to part with Breuer on a permanent basis, provided that suitable offers arrive. Now, there is concrete admiration for him from the likes of Fulham, West Ham United, Wolverhampton Wanderers. And I'm sure more will emerge now this story is in the public domain. And it's really interesting because he's another homegrown product, which would mean pure profit in the financial accounts. One thing to be clear on is that the potential exit of Breuer is not dependent on Chelsea signing an attacker. Yes, that is on the agenda, whether it be in January or the summer. But the idea that Breuer might leave is not contingent on an arrival. So we could see things materialise as the month goes on. But again, Chelsea's valuation would need to be hit. And there are reports that are suggesting that that would be anything up to around £50 million for a position that throughout the industry is experiencing a lot more demand then there is supply and that inevitably drives prices up. Chelsea also have Christopher Nkunku to return sooner rather than later. So they would like to think that even if Breuer departs, they are well covered in that part of the pitch. It is certainly one to watch and it's a situation that we will keep across. And back to Brentford, where striker Ivan Tony is now back available after his eight-month ban for betting offences. He's also rarely been shy on his hopes of earning a big move to a bigger club. All of that is discussed in the latest edition of the Athletic Football Podcast, which you can get later today, wherever you're listening to us right now. So every country is up and running at the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations. The second round of group games starts today and it's a huge day too, culminating with Egypt versus Ghana. But before that, there's a tantalising matchup between Nigeria and hosts Ivory Coast. Simon Hughes is at the tournament for the Athletic. Sai, what's it been like so far and any teams and players catching your eye? Well, I've been here for a week now and it feels a lot, lot longer, but in a good way because it just feels like a really big party. The mood in Abidjan particularly, you know, everyone is wearing orange shirts. There's absolutely no doubt amongst any person that I've spoke to who's Ivorian that, that, that they will not become champions. <laughs> the optimism is incredible. In terms of players that have, have, uh, I've liked watching, I mean, Kamara, I thought he was really, really good. 20 years old, plays for Mets, excellent on the ball, natural enthusiasm. As soon as Salah touches the ball for Egypt, there's an expectation and you can, you can feel it. He was good in, in, in parts of the game against uh, Mozambique. But I, I got the feeling with Egypt that there's more to come from them. 
Uh, it was a classic sort of favourite team performance at the start of a tournament when they're not quite not quite functioning, but, but but you can see that they're ready to get going. As for Ivory Coast against Nigeria today, that should be a cracking game, right? Yeah, there's a huge amount riding on this game. The two very, very big teams where the expectations are enormous. So I expect it to be a really, really close game. I think Nigeria can afford to draw and go into the last game either needing a draw or, or a win to, to qualify. I think a draw would be a good result for Nigeria because it would give them a bit of confidence going into that game. They've still got Victor Osherman, who's a great one of the great footballers at the moment. If he can supply them with the number of chances that they did the other day, he missed quite a few. I, th- I think they've they've got a, certainly got a good chance to draw. But Ivory Coast, um, a very well-organised team. They're always quite difficult to beat. And they've got exciting players in the wide areas. I thought they, the wide areas, they were very good the other night when they played Guinea-Bissau. So in terms of predictions, I think it's going to be close, possibly 1-1. We'll hold you to the predictions, side. You can watch all the AFCON games in the UK on Sky Sports and be in sports in the US, where there's also live Asian Cup action on Paramount+. Plus. If you're up in time, it starts with Syria against Australia from 6.30am Eastern. That's your lot for today's Transfer Briefing. Thanks so much for listening. I've been Michael Bailey, Abby Patterson and Mike Zimmerman were your producers with Ian McIntosh, your executive producer. And it's Abby Patterson in the hosting chair tomorrow. In the meantime, have a lovely Thursday. The Athletic.